are now listening to Real Talk with Mr. Q, the War Machine. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Real Talk. I'm your host, Mr. Q, the War Machine. Hopefully you're having a good day. If not, you know how it is, just roll with the punches. Anyway, uh, got some topics and stuff I want to talk about. And, um, you know, we're just going to get on right on into this podcast. And it might be a long one, people, so bear in mind. If not, it might be short. Um, first thing uh, that came across, if you hadn't heard yesterday, Sakura Brown got clemency from the governor of Tennessee and before that Matthew Charles got released from the uh, prison also. Now both of these cases I touched on last year uh, right before the holidays I sat here I had a podcast that unjust and I told you the two stories about these two individuals these black man and this black woman and what they was going through in Tennessee and I'm happy that you know God answered prayers really do really people that God is bringing justice to us and allowing us to become uh, go free and so forth but we also got to take up take our responsibility when God give us that opportunity to do get the hell away from people who ain't doing right fight I just wanted to say that in the case of Mr. Uh, Mr. Charles you heard the story when I was telling him that this dude served an X amount of time, got released, and then the the state of Tennessee came after him and ordered him to come back to prison. Though they said there was a clerical error, but it wasn't. This dude started a new life, finna get married, reconnected with his kids, his grandkids, all his stuff. He had to sell things to go right back to prison. And I'm glad that the U.S. Attorney for that district, <clears throat> excuse me, went on and said, look, enough is enough. He did his time and let him go free. Now with Miss Brown, the governor didn't give her a pardon. A lot of people said she's free, but yes, it's clemency. It's not a pardon. A pardon means everything is forgiven. You're free and clear. A clemency is that we're reducing your thing. With, it's like mercy. I'm taking mercy on you. But I'm allowing you to go free with technicalities stuck to you. That's why she's not going to be released until August 7, because that way they'll give her that time and say the time served. But then she got to continue to do 10 years probation. At any time, if she does something, she do a jaywalking. I know people say, go get in trouble for jaywalking. You don't know. Jaywalking, her ass will go back to prison. So people who are around her, Hopefully they send her somewhere, get herself set up, but she don't have to really interact with too many folks or go too many places. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, you have to think about it because a lot of things can happen within that probational period. And next thing you know, you can be out at a certain time or be in a place where uh, you have a, a curfew or maybe part of your stipulation that you had to be in a certain time and you violate, bam, you back in prison. They're not playing with you like that. And it's also showing that they can come after you and come back to get you on anything that you have to go in. And you may not be like these two individuals. They might get you. Some of them might say, oh, hell, forget it and let them asses stay in there. So we as black people need to stop and think about certain things. And as I said before, you need to prepare for your things, prepare for certain things to keep yourself safe. Not just safe going to them for, to and from the store or going to work, but safe, period. I mean, our communities and stuff used to be safe havens for us, but we don't have a safe haven. We are here among the beasts, and we got beasts among us, too. We got vicious folks among us. We got black beasts, vicious animals that will devour you as well as the white people. So I just wanted to say that, like I said, I, I thank God that they got out, and I hope that no, <laughs> scratch that because I, I don't like using hope because hope always brings doubt 
and something negative that or no my prayer is that God make a way for them to go somewhere else and that they be safe and that they be around loving people who will protect them and not allow them to, to fall back into the trap again because in the case of Mr. Charles he had a job he had a he like I said this dude just got a place he just bought him a truck he was just getting used to the internet and stuff and phones and stuff so he was just getting reacclimated back into the system when they came and say uh-uh you got to come back so hopefully his you know his family will be there again to help him get himself back on point he'll be in whatever and for miss brown same thing that people be there to say look these folks around you just don't use her and prop her up for a whole bunch of interviews tell your story we don't want to know the story let certain things just fade away let people have their life back you know she's been in the spotlight for so long let her have a life back going by the business so that's just my take on those two stories and the update on that thing about that podcast the unjust I also want to clarify something about you know, I was saying about the uh, white dude who shot the little girl and the white supremacists come to find out two knucklehead brothers did it two knucklehead hard-headed Pookie and Ray Ray gremlins killed shot this chick shot this little girl and killed her the white dude just sped away see being at the wrong place at the wrong time huh that's where that thing coming and because you know things are hype but they caught these two clowns and really pray that justice do they that they can kill those two that they can kill them i have i share no tears for these two worthless spineless piece of crap that they can go ahead and, and turn i mean i'll be there to pull the switch on there they call me and say hey can you hey, can you come? hell yeah i'll pull the switch i'll all on that ass because this is the stuff that i was talking about also about the enemies among us in my podcast enemy of the state we have enemies among us that we allow to trample on good people because there are good black people who are not famous who are not rich that was that podcast for you all you trying to do your thing trying to just raise your family working out you got day-to-day problems you're not in the line like you can't have a big bank account right now because you working doing this and doing that and basically you just a normal Joe and Joe and Joette. You just out here. That video and podcast was for you. Not the knucklehead people who think who got stuff because they are part of the problem. Most of them. They the ones who have the ability to change things but they become problems or like to be problems because they can sit here it's like they could play God with you. Yeah, I got the money to change and build a neighborhood, but after that, I want to mess around, mess over you. I want to keep you there for you can keep looking up at the me. Because that's the mentality. And, of course, people, we can all go back to the thing that the slave master put in, which, we, which he did. The slave master and the slave wench, uh, master woman, put it in as, as well. But we keep perpetuating it and we keep using it as an excuse. We don't change so that's where we keep going back to the same thing like pigs to slop just keep going back to pigs to slop shit and that's it so i'm glad that they caught them two scum buckets piece of shit ass dudes and, and like i said if they need an execution i'll be happy to pull the switch i'm not gonna cry over garbage we got too much garbage at the bottom and too much gar- garbage at the top it's the people in the middle that's had to fight and been fighting to keep stuff at bay and, and we start turning on one another because it's like that's just a normal process crab in the basket thing we start devouring eating one another from within and we need to stop to start passing judgment and executing the judgment on these knuckleheads stop doing it i remember um on a side note about when i was growing up something similar to that there wasn't a, a shooting but my wife and i was talking about how we as black folks have secrets and certain things we talked about the art kelly thing about how and i know you heard about art kelly everybody coming at the art kelly and now they're telling everybody everybody saying yeah art did it he did yeah everybody knew art kelly did it but he was making money off of this motherfucker that's what they was doing 
and the statute of limitation had ended. So they figured, well, you know what? We can come on out and just make uh, a book about a, 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 a some uh, a, 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 some type of show or some anything, you know, because you know, hey, we ain't gonna get in trouble. But you know, a lot of us are guilty for propping this motherfucker up. We're guilty. We're guilty as hell. A lot of people supported this slimy, slippery, illiterate-ass bastard. We supported this motherfucker because he was considered artistic, genius. His music, girl, he made me feel... You should have, you know, heard most black women, you know, when they found out, oh, it, that just isolated. I still be with him. And when my wife was telling me about how the... You know, because I didn't keep up with social shit, you know, gossip and shit like that too much. I just heard, when I heard he messed with girls, I was like, oh, gotta go. But the girl who is at the center of it, father, was there. You know, we always saying that the father got to be there. The father got to be protected. The father got to be the man that's standing in it. And her father was there. Her father and mother pimped this girl out. Just pimped this chick out. And then... You know, really? And I couldn't, man, I couldn't do that shit. And it, when I heard all the, the, the details about that, especially when the dad was there, that hurted me. You know, because we always say, well, it's always a single mom type thing. But no, her mom and dad was there. And they allowed this stuff to happen. It reminded me of a time in my life when our neighborhood was terrorized by this, this a dude that we basically the devil carnated to a point and I remember when I was uh, about eight years old or uh, something like that getting off the bus and this dude was following me and I didn't know this motherfucker but this dude was just following me black dude just following me and stuff laughing and shit but I knew something went right with this motherfucker and I, my heart was pounding Pounding like a mother, like, yo. And I had to just run. I ran and ran and ran. I ran all the way home. And this dude was taunting me as he was chasing me. And I was got to my house and I told mom. And my mom told me, baby, go on in the house. And the motherfucker, did, you know how if a person noticed they got caught, they'll run away the opposite. This nigga walked right past her house laughing. And mom was looking at him and like, yo. And he knew my mom's name. Seeing around, good to be home. And I asked my mom, I said, who is this person? Who is this guy? Why is he doing it? And my mom said, baby, let me, let me tell you some things. I should have told you, but I didn't think it would have to come to this. And you know people that the whole neighborhood knew this fucking secret and nobody didn't say nothing about it? That we had a rapist, a pedophile, a damn you know, robber and murderer staying on our block. And, and this dude just died. And I'm not dropping any names or anything because I don't want people to know. But you know, if you know this story, then you know it. But if not, you know, just bear in mind that this dude right here just didn't rape women. He raped kids and men. Seriously. He raped a lot of men, too. Grown men. At knife point, this dude was diabolical. And he had the whitest smile. I'm telling you, what stood out the most were his teeth, people. His teeth were so white, it wouldn't stain. His skin was not bumpy. He had a chiseled face like a damn a statue. His teeth was clean and white. His eyes were straight white as snow. This dude was black as hell, and he had a... He was evil. And I'm not making this up. This ain't no Nightmare on M Street. Hell, before Nightmare on M Street, this, we had this on my street, on my block. And this dude terrorized people, breaking in folks' homes. This nigga had a, had a, a, had a, a thing of standing over people in their home. My aunt almost shot this bastard and killed him. See? And it got me to thinking about the Art Kelly thing and how we as black people sit up here and hold secrets that are dangerous to our children. And then our children go out here like sheep to the slaughter, feeding our kids to the wolves. 
the wolves among us. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to, again, this, if this ain't really, this ain't no fantasy time. This is real. And when I heard about that thing, I said, damn, man, that's effed up. That's effed up. Her father stayed in Art Kelly's band. Stayed there. And co basically, he co-signed that bullshit. His little girl. But as they say, no one talks about how the women rape little boys. But we always worry about men raping little boys. But we don't talk about the women who rape little boys. We don't. We don't that, that's normal. No, it's not. It's all filthy. It's nasty. And for a parent to sit up there and co-sign that shit, I don't care how much money. Man, if that been one of my children, I don't give a damn how much money. Say, hey, man, because that's, hey, you know, I want to be with your daughter. Man, man, I will click in a minute because you know why I seen that shit. And I seen the devastation of how a person's mindset responds. You done screwed this person up. Here you come talking about some money. Okay, I'm going to take the money, but I'm going to kill your ass first. Because I don't need you around. So if you're going to leave the money, go on in there. Oh, look, dead. Throw your ass in a trash bag and get rid of you. That's it. And that, I mean, for real people, we as black folks, we, mm, man, it's, it's sad. It's sad for that shit to happen like that. Man, I'm telling I I don't know what to say. I was just, <laughs> with that word, flabbergasted, just done. Just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't see myself in the role of a father allowing a pedophile to be there with my child and getting paid for it. I can't do that. And then all these people that was around Art Kelly. And they, they sit up here and they propped this motherfucker up. Made money off of this pedophile. Who say crime don't pay. Crime pay all the damn time. And people sit around here. You might get a few folks caught. But crime pay for most. And pay big dividends. And for the mom to sit there with the father. You would think some voice of reason, no, 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 honey, or no, Jim, or no, Tina. No, we ain't going to let this fool destroy our baby like this. I'm going to gut this motherfucker from his ass to his head. No, nobody to say anything. <laughs> he give him the money shit. You know, she'll live with it. Yeah, she'll live with it. But money runs out. That's why they had to keep paying this chick for a long period of time. But that money don't take away wounds, scabs that keep coming open. Every time somebody say, see this person or somebody say something, this person break down. And folks look like, man, what the hell wrong with you? They can't tell this stuff. Or they say, oh, man, get over. You got the money. Fuck. Hell, shit. So what? You gave a little ass. You get, look, man, he gave you $500,000, man. Or he gave you a million dollars, two million. You got, man, you cool. You have folks who will sit there and say that shit. But as I said again, a lot of people, you ain't a lot of people ain't went through a lot of things unless you was on the receiving end. See mother on the giving end, yeah. No, you get on the receiving end, you effed up. You don't know how many how many nightmares a person had to go through or went through. How many times they gotta suppress and block that out. You don't know this person's mind or their emotional state or their relationships that how they look at things. You just saying, well, the Nick, hey, you got paid. Like I said, money is not everything in certain cases. Money can't buy your emotion back. Money can't buy loyalty back. Money can't buy real love back once it's gone. It's just a substitute. And really, it's not really a good substitute. It's just, it ain't even a good feeling. It's just there. Just for you to buy and change stuff that kind of take your mind off of it until it come back knocking on your door. Hey. Remember that night that you sit there and you let your mind play? So you got idiots out there that will say that foolishness. And they need to go jump somewhere. But, yeah, again, like I said about that story about my neighborhood, that just brought back memories. And, I, and when she said it, like, yeah, you know, people didn't say anything. I'm like, you know what? People didn't say nothing about this nigga that was doing this. And this nigga came back. 
twice, four times. And you know what happened in the end, people? That crazy-ass, deranged person killed his family. And he got killed right outside his front door of his mom and dad house. You know how many you know how many cops it took to kill this dude? It was damn near 26 cops up there. It was a whole I remember the day to like it was nothing. All I heard was helicopters and sirens. All up and all up and down the street, all you saw was police cars. It was 26 police officers at this dude's house because he had his sister who he raped and had a child by at knife point. He slit her throat in front of these cops. They shot his ass up. 26 officers shot pump lead into this dude. This dude did not drop. He was still talking shit, one witness said, as they was lighting his ass up. He sat down. He didn't drop. He sat down, bleeding to death, talking shit. That it was nothing but the devil itself right there. But everybody covered for this mom. Everyone said he had it rough. He, he came from a loving family. He had a mom and dad. His mom and dad gave him everything, loved him, whatever. We don't know about the rest of his family, but this dude had everything to a point. Had a promising career, played ball, played, you know, dude. When I say the dude, was he was a dark, tall dude. He had nice features like a statue to do his face. He looked like he could been in the model. He could be a black model. And I'm not saying there ain't no gay shit or whatever it is. I'm telling you the dude was handsome. The dude was good, but the dude was evil. Evil and wrapped up in a nice package. And he, I mean, that dude, when I say he had terror on a damn eight to nine block radius, that was no understatement. That was the truth. This dude, and when I say he raped men, men. I'm not talking about weak men. Not I'm talking about the, the dudes out there talking there. He raped them and robbed them. Just as much as he did women. And he raped kids too. I'm telling you, that was evil. And no one didn't say nothing until this nigga showed up one day laughing, talking to himself, talking about what someone looked nice in, taunting people. Y'all couldn't tell a brother that? <laughs> Y'all couldn't have a, a, a meeting? Y'all couldn't pass out no papers? No one couldn't pass out a damn flyer and say, yo, so-and-so coming home from prison today. <laughs> Keep your chair locked up. Please tell me something. No. Had to find out getting off at the school bus, looking at this strange man following me and laughing. Following me and chasing me. Talking about he wants to play. Black people, y'all, I'm telling you, man, you know these crazy-ass people. And that right there, with that young girl and that Art Kelly shit, black people, the black community, the vast majority of us is guilty as hell. Because we sat here, we propagated, gave this nigga money, supported this nigga time after time after time after time. Regardless of how many times he went to court, we supported this motherfucker, bought his records, went to his concerts, Sat there and had bitches talking about I still was sleep while killing have kids mom. We did that. You we did that and we heard that. Now all of a sudden the statute of limitation, he was a monster. We in this Me Too movie. I would never see you can't you can't play both roles, people. You can't be the saint now. You can't you can't be all that. And you was right there jamming to his beat, yeah, and buying every, every CD. That he came out. I'm guilty. I bought CDs because I didn't know whatever it is. But when the stuff started coming out, I started throwing my shit out. <laughs> I'm killing. I don't give a damn. That's damn twenty-six dollars of wasted money. Damn, I can't get back. Or oh, that CD or twenty-five dollars. I gotta throw it out. I throw that shit out. Then throw it out. And then his food kept coming back. And then he at the end said he apologized to people. Made song like I give my life to you. All this stuff. People still, oh man, you know, we got to give him a chance. God said love. And this dude still doing the same damn thing. Woo! Man, 
that goes back to like I said, you know, I listened, I came across this podcast, uh, not podcast, this uh, YouTube thing, and um, the YouTuber had on it saying that black folks love to be in mani- manipulated, and they do. Excuse me, sometimes manipulated, and they do. We as black people want to be manipulated. We love it. We love to be used, and then cry victim after that we got used, knowing damn well what was going to happen. Knowing what you, when you walk in that room and that dude shut that door, what time is going to be. He raped me. No, you knew when your ass got in the car, went there, opened the door, walked into the room, slammed the door, what time it was. If you heard me on, the, on my last podcast about what I was talking about this white boy of uh, loving hip-hop, some rapper shit, some lame-ass cracker dude talking about he a rapper, ain't never heard of him. But, you know, everybody can be an internet rapper now. You know what I'm saying? I remember the day you had to really work at it. But, shoot, you know, you got a camera. You can say a couple of beats, a little rhyming words every now and then. Hey, you can, you're a rapper, okay? But, anyway, dudes on there talking about this chick that he got to go up there and make a contract. You heard the story. She came to the damn uh, room, I mean the door, with her panties and bra. I'm hoping ain't nothing going to happen. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> serious really and she came there trying to talk and he's like I'm trying to talk Ben you know exactly what it because any woman comes to the door with her panty and bra you know what time it is she ain't coming there just to greet you like oh excuse me and just caught me out there but now nah, come on in here because I want you to look at my goods and I want you that's just common sense and if you know that that ain't what you want hell I ain't coming up there anyway. I meet you in a neutral place. But hey, you can't even be in a public place. Because folks would try to screw you in public. Say, I don't give a damn about these people. We'll do it right here. Use it. <laughs> Serious. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't care about the cameras. Do it right here. So some people, you have to leave folks alone. Don't care how talented they are. But this, this ain't got nothing to do with talent. It was just a foolishness. And how that... Um, what is that damn thing? How just um, the character of black women or women in general, when it comes to sexuality, like okay, this is this is all you good for, and I like this is some bull crap. But again, back to the the manipulating thing. It is true, black people we want to be mem- uh, manipulated. We want to be lied to. It's some. It feels good to get lied to. Oh, I feel good. That month told me a good lie today. So I'm going to tell you too. Oh, you borrowing. I don't, I don't hear you. <laughs> you doom. You, you negative. And why is it that if someone tell you the truth, they're negative? Hmm? Why is that someone sit here and give you warning like, please, man, don't do that. Oh, man, you, you negative. I don't want to hear you. You know why? Again, straight up. Because you're hard-headed. And a hard head will make a soft ass. And a lot of Black people, as I say here, and I made my, my, my estimated prediction of saying 95 or between 95 to 97% of black people will fall flat dead on their face. And they will. Because they're too ignorant. And they don't want to learn anything. And it ain't just the Pookie and the Ray Rays and the folks in the hood or whatever it is. What is the hood? The, 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 the hood? What is that? Why is our thing had to be negative? But we made it that way. Because someone manipulated us to say, hey, your neighborhood is negative. And we allowed that stuff to come in there. And we think we idolize the negativity. We support negativity. We get up on negativity. I don't get now, I don't care the damn day they, they, we flip it and make it positive. And I'm finna get into some positive examples of how manipulation of black people works. And we think, well, we really part of something. One of them is voting, but we're not going to go there because you didn't heard my take on that. Now, I had, um, my, you know, had a discussion about voting, and I came across this article yesterday uh, about the Black Farmers Association and their president, Thomas Burrell. And the association was talking, had, they was talking about how the Black Farmer Association was winning racial discrimination lawsuits against the U.S. Department of Agriculture that exposed systematic racism and the result of $1.2 billion judgments 
in the Pigford and, Gr and Grimlock decision. Go look it up. And the association had been working with 16,000 farmers to receive payment. Now, Mr. Brunel, who was the president of this, was saying, they was asked why, he was asked a question about the black civil rights people and did they, uh, black civil rights associations, come in and help him. And this was his take on why they're not, would not happen. He said the African-American civil rights community has nothing to do with this to represent these individuals. Keep in mind that the civil rights of the black community is keen with accommodation, but it has nothing to do with setting business tables and executing contract of fairness. Uh, when Congress enacted the Civil Rights Act of 1861, it dealt with contracts set, the, set for every citizen in the United States had the right to bring their case and sue and protect a person or property to enjoy by white citizens. Early civil rights lawsuits did not have that accommodation, but rather the right of contract equally with, right, with whites. In this Pigford decision, we sued the U.S. Department of agriculture and won a billion dollars, not because we wanted to sit next to our employees, but because the USDA violated their contractual rights. Now, you're probably saying, well, what that got to do? Okay, now, they went after the USDA and all these farmers after the RICO Act, which is the Racketeering Influence and Corrupt Organization Act. And they got their money of one point two billion dollars they didn't go march they didn't do none of that mess they went into the court and they used a civil rights act of what not 1966 this right was night was an act of 1866 that dealt with contractual rights in order and he said in order to end poverty Black folks have to go to court on a on contractual uh, level or levies where you have these things. It's basically a contract. Bill and Bob went into business with Muhammad. I'm just going to say Muhammad. Muhammad is black. He's a black farmer. Bill and Bob had something. They went into some, some type of business, but they cheated Muhammad out of his land. This supposed to have been a partnership, but they cheated and pushed him out. Muhammad didn't have any rights, but he signed this contract saying that X amount of dollars is going to be allocated to him after the harvest and so forth. But Muhammad didn't have a lawyer. He, he knew a little bit what he was signing, but he didn't know everything. Now, Bill and Bob family had passed their stuff down for years and years. Muhammad family suffered, yada, yada. But Muhammad family came across some documents that he had. But at that time, he couldn't do it. So they took up a case against Bill and Bob family. Now, Bill and Bobby family had got money and made a lot of it. They took them to court off of racketeering and got paid because they violated their contract. And it, it, it what was a corrupt organization because they mistreated this person who they signed in a contract and said, I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars, but instead I took your land, forced you out, forced you into poverty, and I used these corrupt acts to get it. These laws on the books, people, black folks don't ever use. We sit up here trying to change laws by voting. It's so many laws and, and, and enactments that are for black people that we do not even know and we don't even use. I would, me personally, and I took up law, I would never think that to use the racketeering influence corruption at RICO against the FDA and white farmers. Never. Because you know why? We don't look at them as corrupt. They're legitimate. They're supposed to be on the straight and straight. No, they're just as crooked as hell. You and I are always looked at as corrupt. Uh, we always think of corrupt things as money laundering or drugs or illicit sexual practices, prostitution and stuff. No, this was used in a contractual thing where a corporation did use corrupt tactics to force another 
out of their profits and out of their property. That is an act of the RICO Act. And they won a billion dollars. Now wait now. I know people say, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was saying it too. That proves my point about voting. Voting is not going to work because it doesn't work because the people there, we don't have any money. But when you start using certain things where you have money to do what you need to do, you force change. That's what Mr. Bernal was saying, why most of the civil rights organizations, the uh, Southern Christian Leadership, the NAACP, none of these people got involved because, okay, they was too busy trying to have accommodation, basically trying to sit next to white people. But, and also have access to them and lay up with them and all that good stuff. But as I said, but, there is also a but. This organization also advised black farmers to support President Tangerine to put cabinet Kavanaugh in office. Remember, people always say the devil makes a little good with a little evil. Now, though that proves my point that voting don't solve everything. You need money. And a lot of other people said the same thing, but this really, this was a personal thing because a lot of people came after me. And I said a lot of people, I said about three, but they was hitting me with some stuff that I didn't know. I didn't care about voting. I didn't care about our ancestors dying and so forth and marching and stuff. You know, yeah, I did until I figured that that shit wasn't working and you didn't get nothing. And the only thing you were doing was trying to accommodate to have access to white people. Damn, you nobody get no tangibles, no money, no land out the deal. As long as I access some white folks to, to beat me and kill me in impunity or lay up with them and make generic, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, what they call kids, special kids for them, uh, exotic kids to make them feel good and all this old foolishness. Now, I think that's what most of us was, that came out of that integrational thing. But no money was exchanged. I said on this thing again about um, civil rights. And you heard me say that about that Mr. Bryant was talking to um, some people a while back and I was telling you about the dude named Mr. Bryant, I forgot his first name, I think Mike Bryant or something like that. But um, he was talking to Tavis Smiley group a while back, a couple years back, talking about the state of the black people. And he was trying to tell them that we need to get away from civil rights to silver rights, telling them about money. And they didn't want to listen to that because they was too busy in the accommodation and being victim and all this stuff. And so they kind of ignored what he was saying. This, with this farming thing, is parallel is basically on the same level as parallel of civil rights money using contractual tactics that white folks use against black drug dealers all the time the rico act used against them and the usda and i said this in this on another podcast about agribusinesses and how black farmers was targeted by the agriculture department in racial things and denying them certain things, setting up times that most of them could not set because they was trying to not pay that money or pay, give them a fair playing field. This right here shows that. But as I said, the devil meant a lot of good with a little evil. Because I'd be damned I would sit up here and support Trump with Kavanaugh for any damn thing. That's why I said we as black folk, we tend to try to look at doing some good but a little evil to get things done. They're still bad. They still tarnish the whole thing of what you're doing. Now, I was good with the thing. That's right. Take the ass to court to get your money, but not support some fool that's basically set up here who is racist and then whatever. That, that's, that's, that's asinine. But again, as that YouTuber said, the black folks like to be manipulated. And for most of y'all, you do. I mean, I, 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 <clears throat> I can sit here and say like this here, that it's hard sometimes to know the truth. It's hard, people, to know the truth. Sometimes I was praying over the holiday. I said, God, you know, I really sometimes put my foot in my mouth when I say I want to know certain things because now that I know it, it hurts me. It hurts me so bad. 
it hurts me when I share to people and you know and they look at it and they throw it on the ground like that's not true that's not it and you looking like damn all that you get really mad and pissed off and like damn sometimes it's kind of good not to know sometimes it's, it's probably good it, it's almost like that scene out of the matrix when that dude said just stick me back in and erase everything I don't want to know nothing and sometimes people it feels that way when you know certain things and not because you're arrogant, not because you're cocky, not because I just say I know, but you, you know because God is giving you that discerning spirit, like you know you like, man, it hurts. Man, I wonder how they're gonna take it. I wonder if folks are gonna use what I'm saying. Or they're gonna sit there and say, nah, bruh, I don't wanna hear that shit because you ain't talking about nothing. It ain't making me feel good. You know, I'm with my white woman, I'm with, I'm with Biff. Hell, I don't worry here all that. We all dark when the light go out. All that old foolishness. And you be sitting here looking at folks killing your folks day in and day out. And you like, huh, it ain't me. i like, damn. But anyway, I'm not going to drag you down on that. That was just something I need to share. But I'm just showing you that <clears throat> how I was vindicated. But it had a little thing on it. And I had to go into the little details about it. Because that organization, though they use those corporate... Uh, contractor laws against them they got their money but they also want you to turn around and support wanted to support president with somebody who you know is not going to be for you and i say this again the devil when it's a little good the devil meant a little good for a little evil he never comes straight at you quite yet and that's the last attack when he want to come at you but the devil main tactic is to mix a little good with a little evil and a lot of us fall for that shit all the time. Oh, it didn't hurt, you know. It stunned me a little bit, man. You know, you know, just get, get right back up. But I'm gonna move right along because I, like I said, this I've been off the air for a minute, and I got a lot to talk about. So I'm trying to cover as much as possible. But I also listened to another uh, YouTuber, uh, Pastor Rice. Some some do know, man. I listened to him from time to time. I came across it. He was talking about how this government shutdown. Um, affects a lot of us people, black people and, and uh, folks are getting public assistance, which is this because folks ain't getting they, their checks folks ain't getting their um, their food stamps folks, and all this stuff and really the shutdown, and a lot of people look at it as the shutdown, when they use a shutdown that's the way the government stops themselves from going out of business because they have no money now, if you follow what up to Thanksgiving to Christmas they was talking about a CR and if a lot of people who are listening you don't know what a CR is it is a continuing resolution that means that was a continuing same resolution from the last one to fund the budget for the government now that CR passed to fund them to March now all of a sudden bam this wall came come up we're going to shut the government down now, that CR had enough money in to fund the government and supposedly have that money for the wall. But then they just shut the government down. And I was listening to the pastor then, and I was listening to him and he said, yeah. And it clicked on me like they just paying off the interest. That's all they're doing. They pay off the interest. They cannot borrow any more money. Even though you have money in your pocket, that paper note, that's worthless because if the credit of America goes down, it that money that you have, that dollar or that hundred dollars or that thousand dollars that most y'all be making it rain at the strip club or whatever, it's worthless. It's worthless paper. You can put it in the fireplace and burn it, and it will. And that's all it'd be good for. But they had to shut the government down to stop the clock on their debt. Because people, you and I, we have a certain amount of debt in our family or in our household. You and I can't raise the debt. So I was talk, I used to be joking with my wife a lot of time, and I say this, hey, baby, we need to call our creditors and ask them to raise our debt ceiling. Because you know that's what the government does. I wonder would they give us um, options on how we can borrow more money to keep our family afloat. Because that's what the government does. Every time they raise the debt ceiling, 
they're figuring out options of how to keep the government open because they borrowed money. Now they supposed to have a balanced budget amendment. They have broke that amendment several times since 1994 when it was passed. All they asses need to be in jail because they're lawbreakers. They put that in act, they enacted that to keep themselves in check. But you don't hear about that amendment anymore. Hey, you don't hear that on Young, young Turks, MSNBC, none of that. There's an actual amendment that posed to set the budget for this country. These fools have broke that budget amendment and they all should be hauled off the jail. But again, black people, you and I, we do that shit. The creditors come, taking our shit in the middle of the night, snatching our cars, landlord calling, I see y'all a little late behind on your rent. Um, yeah, um, they cut my ch oh, you gonna have to get out. But you know what? It's not just hurting. It's hurting everybody. And you can't do that no more. You know that Ben Carson was telling landlords to use a fund to subsidize their income for, for eight, uh, Section 8. That fund has been, been disbanded. There is no money in it. People, things are going in the tank. It's going to get rough. Before it gets any better. It ain't going to be no better. It's getting rough. And a lot of people who listen to the sound of my voice are going to feel the burn. They're going to feel it and feel it hard. And that's all this shutdown is about. Yeah, it could be over the, over the wall. No, it's about money. It's about money that the government do not have. Why the hell that these mugs ain't sending out no tax returns? Out of all the other shutdowns, they would at least send you your money to a point. If you put in early, they ain't sending out nothing but a little bit at a time because there is no more money. This government has borrowed itself into a debt that it can't get out. And it's going to keep on until it collapses and implode on itself. And when it does, woo! There's going to be a lot of Negroes out there screaming and demon, along with their white counterparts who are going to be bashing your heads in and blaming you for their misery. And you're going to be out there trying to love and pray. We all got to pull together. We all got to love whatever. We just got to do it. We just got to do it, people. Why they stringing you up, burning your house down, for looking for food, and other things are snatching your ass up out of there or they just want to whoop your ass anyway because they just didn't like you anyway. Oh, it's going to be a lot of stuff. And this ain't nothing. This ain't wishful thinking. This ain't hateful thinking. This is what it is. This shutdown is a glimpse of what's to come. All these jobs going down. It's a glimpse. And you got folks running around here Shaking and dancing, trying their best to find some hole, any hole to crawl into. <laughs> it is, people. And I, I, on that note about the, uh, the thing, and I'm going to end with this. Because <clears throat> I told you this is going to be a long one. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a lot of stuff, and I just need to just get this off. And you're going to uh, you get your turn the channel or whatever, but you're going to hear this. I was listening also on MSNBC. And like I said, I go through different channels, people. And everything, a lot of stuff I tell you, go follow me on Twitter. I have a lot of articles, offbeat news. A lot of offbeat news, black people that you need to look at. Articles that are pertaining to you and, and ain't about all about white supremacy. It's none of that stuff. This is stuff of geopolitical impact to you and I. Because it's going to hit us first. And it's going to hit us hard. And if we don't get our act together... A lot, like I said, 98% going to fall flat, dead, gone. And that's it. Now, I was listening to this uh, Donna uh, Chanella, I think I pronounced her name, Donna Chanella, who was the former Health and Human Secretary under Bill Clinton, who's now the representative of the 26th District of Florida, right? And they was talking about, because everybody talking about Trump, President Tangerine using emergency power. He can't use emergency power. It'll be unconstitutional. And the, and the justice is there. So they'll stop him. The courts will stop him. No, it won't. 
No, it won't, people. There is a pro there is a set of uh, directives called the American Presidency Project. Google it, look it up. And in this, I'm I have my own copy. I got this two years ago because there was a dude on there I used to listen to on YouTube um, named Brother Ray, Pastor Ray out of St. Louis. Y'all probably heard or seen him on YouTube was talking about things that he, he don't come on anymore, but he pointed a lot of his congregation and trying to get them into national security and intelligence arena to understand what it is towards you and I as black men and women. Because we don't look at it that. We don't look at a the intelligent and a geopolitical thing it affect us because it feels we're here. Are you talking about us? Yes, it talks about you. And they do have a Senate bill made in 1920 talking about you and I especially, how this government prone to look in us. And they have a recent memorandum, presidential memorandum set for the CIA to spy, infiltrate, and keep tabs on all of our leaders oh yeah people oh yeah so y'all keep on keep hope alive keep that junk with jesse and you keep hope alive i hope he and checked out but again when she was asked the question and chuck schumann a lot of other folks was asked the same question and all the democrats and you hear like i said young turks a lot of folks talking about it saying oh trump don't have this trump don't have trump does have it and i'm gonna tell you who gave him the power? The very people who are up there saying he don't, Congress gave him this power. And each president, from Jimmy Carter all the way up to now, has amended, modified, added, and consolidated different powers that Congress have enacted to give the president powers to do certain things. And the president can, and if he feel like it, this one will, initiate a national emergency. And what that entails, people, that, that this government will be shut down indefinitely. There will not be any roads going through, no toll booths, no anything. You will be at the mercy of the government. And everybody said, that's not true. That is true. How long would it be? We don't know. But the president has the power to do certain things will come in and seize personal property in this this thing called the American Presidency Project. There are directives vest in the president by the Constitution and laws of the United States. They also these are federal laws, federal civil levels, and what they call U.S. Uh, United States codes. These codes are binding giving president the president whoever they may be even an acting president the power to initiate damn near martial law if he so chooses to and if he deems necessary or fit to secure the vital institution of this government so when you hear these talking folks saying that jump it's a smoke screen now i read this 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 project, and there's a lot of directors in it. Now, some of this stuff is re repetitory; it goes over and over again. But it's basically sitting here and saying that the president. I'm, I'm gonna read one. I'm gonna tell you one in particular when it comes to personal property. If you if you got something to that you think the government won't, it will come and get farmers. Say say for instance, you have um, a farm that has water, like you have like water, those little water gnomes or the thing where you put water in for your cattle or whatever, or you supplying stuff, excuse me. The government can come in and, and deem that necessary as, a, as an essential to the vital system and function of the government and take it. And they don't have to compensate you. This is what's in this thing called the American President Presidency Project. These are directives broken down to keep the government in function in a state of emergency. Any emergency, from nuclear to mayhem, riots, president can fit if he feels deemed to do that. So when they sit here and say, well, president can't do this, yes, they can, people. 
And this edict been somebody been talking to him about these directives. They have like I said, they had a transfer of assignments. They have the, the the section two. They have the management emergency plan. They have a national emergency coordinator that is only second to the president. So if the president is not in and is not there to distinguish or discharge his duties, this non-elected person will assume all control of the government. He or she can have full reign. It's in this thing. That's some scary stuff, people. And like I said, I got my copy right here. You can go look it up if they ain't snatched it down. And some of y'all must ain't going to read it anyway. Because there's a lot of it in there. Like I said, it's, it's a lot of uh, repetitiveness uh, going over and over and over and over. Like I said, they got the National Organization of Stockpiles and Chemicals, Budget and Accounting. They, this all go all across every aspect of the government, from FEMA to the Health and Human Services to, to the CDC. All this stuff is under the control of this presidential power. That's why he said, I can enact and shut this government down for years. He can if it is an emergency. And Congress can't do nothing because they gave him the power. They signed off on it. From Jimmy Carter. It started from Jimmy Carter, and I'm going to give you this executive order. You can go look at Executive Order 12148 of the Federal Emergency Act. Go look it up and read it, and it'll go on through whatever it is. There have been executive orders. There have been memorandums. There's all, all this stuff. People say, well, this is not binding. Yes, it is. This is binding. This is binding power that Trump is willing to dish out to win. And these fools sit here and tell you, oh man, this is not going to happen. Yes it, yes, it can. And it will. This is part of the second wave, people. The second wave. And like I said, this was two years ago. I was listening to this dude. And I'm, like I said, I took up intelligence studies, homeland security. I'm big on stuff like that. And I'm like, man. And when I sat here and I read this stuff, I mean, you really have to be a person that want to read some of this stuff because there's a lot of numbers in there and they have subsections and all this stuff in there. But you better get into reading and understanding it, not just reading, but understanding what it pertains to you and your family. Because I already know what it pertains. Like I said, they enacted this thing. It's only the president, if he enacts it, only he can reduce, can reverse it, not Congress not the courts because he can shut the courts down when he en enacted a, an emergency power the courts are shut he becomes judge and jury congress is nonified they're just there for counsel if that that's some scary stuff people mean for real i told him man i had i had a lot to talk about sorry i went over folks but it's, it's some times coming. I feel good being vindicated. It's, it's, and let the drumbeat of vindication keep coming. Because a lot of people are going to sit here and they're going to turn this stuff off. And you can get turned off by it, but the, the truth is the truth, people. I ain't got, I'm not making nothing up, more money off of this and sitting up and misleading you. Well, I'm mislead you. I'm going to, hey, I don't want that junk on my kind. Like I said, it's hard to know the truth as it is now. And this truth been out there. It ain't nothing. This ain't secret stuff. This project has been out there. These laws have been out there. It's just you and I haven't heard until now. Or we didn't think that they, again, it ain't had nothing to do with black people. They talking about the white people over there. No, they talking about all people. But especially black people. Because really, this is going to hurt a lot of black people. It's going to hurt a lot of white people too. White folks think, oh, you think you're gonna, you're gonna, your white privilege, once he enact a national security Locked down in this country, you think you're gonna, man, you're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it work because you're gonna, hey, you haven't been under pressure. And a lot of those black people who have been under pressure, like myself, who can understand how to move between certain things and not have certain things, we're gonna get along real good to a point. We're gonna run into little snags. But the people who haven't been through that, you're gonna fall flat first day, gone, because you ain't gonna know how to do nothing. 
all your looks and all the stuff that you used to have and all your connections and who you can call and pick up the phone, all that is going to cease to exist. Cease. And it's going to be either you're going to do or you don't. That's all we want to hear. And so, again, like that pastor was saying in North Carolina who was saying the same thing, that, hey, I, I wish I can be optimistic, but there ain't no optimism in it. It's the, the writing is on the wall, people. Shit is going, shit is happening. It's happening. This shutdown is not because these folks worried about no damn wall. This shutdown is because these folks ran out of some money and they're trying to figure out how they can reset their account. That's it. And for these, and like I said, you sit up here and listen to these talking head folks telling you go ahead, going on as business as usual. You better start preparing your family and preparing for whatever because these are glimpses of what's things to come and it's going to come more and more. It ain't going to stop. Don't let them sit up and tell you that this president can't do anything. He can't shut this country down. He can lock this country up like that. And all our asses will be under martial law like it ain't nothing. Hands down. To serve, and like I said, to quote what they said, to preserve and secure the sovereignty of this nation. That's some bullshit. But they will do that. And this crazy ass will do that junk. And each president, from Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, W., and now this idiot right here has that same power. Do not be deceived and think that this can't happen. This is all in, this is all put up, uh, what they call access to information, public access. You can go get it if they hit it somewhere. And I, I tell you, and I warn you, I'm going to warn you again, there's a lot of reading people. So if you're not a reader, it ain't on Audible. You're going to have to read this. And, you, and if you're not a person that's an analytical thinker that look through and read between the lines, to you it's going to be a lot of garbage. And you're going to get bored real quick. And that's why they made it that way. For ordinary, what they consider ordinary people or people of average intelligence will get bored and say, oh man, I'm tired of reading this, man. I'm on page 20-something. I'm, I'm tired of reading it. The, the subsection and such and such. Because there's going to be a lot of that in there. I'm telling you that right now. But I had to bring this to you, people. Like I said, this has been my longest podcast I have in a while. But, hey, that's what's going on. And I just want to say, too, before I close, I want to uh, say to Mr. Charles, Matthew Charles, and his and Miss Brown, look, if y'all know these people, again, if you listen to this podcast, you know, let them know, hey, I, I'm, I'm glad that they out. I'm glad that y'all out. I'm glad. I'm glad God willed his 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 mighty hand and got y'all out of there but take this as a warning keep your freedom run run do what you need to do run don't go out here and doing stupid stuff you got your family back mr charles you got your family back miss brown if you got friends go ahead and live your life i don't want to read about y'all going back to prison I don't want to read that the Tennessee government uh, slave patrol people came around and said, you know what, they, they got out, but you know what, Charles, uh, Matthew, uh, he fell on hard times. He went out there and done something. I don't want to hear that. Of course, she went back to prostitution or something, and we got again. I don't want to hear that. I'm pleading with you. Go somewhere. Live your life. Live a long life. Live a long life prosperous life, blessed life. You have suffered enough. And the people who you love you have suffered. Go and live your life. You deserve it. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it by being, playing this junk that they set you free and now you can do what you want to do. Don't fall into that. Because they waiting for you to snatch your ass up and say, aha. Aha. We got the ass. See, when we try to be nice, I knew them niggas were gonna get back up, and they will. They will grin and use you as a poster child to say, "See, when you try to be nice to Negroes, 
This is what happened. Got back in crime again, so don't do it. So, people, I'm your man, Mr. Q. This the war machine that this has been real talk. Be safe out there. As I say again, always be vigilant and do your research. Like I said, hey, it's it's coming. The second wave is marching. And I hope that you enjoyed this uh, this show. And come on back for another episode. I'm out. This was the War Machine. Real talk with Mr. Q. Don't forget to join us next time.